Welcome everyone to the eighth episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. Uh, I'm Dan Cozell here with Nick Tartaglia. Uh, it's been two months, I think, since we've been in lockdown, um, yep. since the quarantine started. Um, first of all, how are you doing, man? I'm a little tired, you know, working on uh, some projects. So it's keeping up at night because I have so much in my head that it's hard to go to bed when you're always in your head. Yeah. So I found the solution was even though right now you're not getting as much sleep or whatever the case may be, just try to get everything out of your head so you, so you feel a little more relaxed and you know it's there. And then go back to a normal sleep pattern. Uh, too much going on in my head right now. You I, I, I'm with you, man. Like I, I, I was just Friday ended. I mean, I had a good week. Uh, you know, business is doing well. We're, we're, we're grinding every day. But there was a point yesterday where I was just like, dude, I need to go for I need to go outside. I need yeah. to go, and then I went outside and then I came back and I started like reflecting on like what's been going on. So I think like you said, writing stuff down really helps you kind of figure yeah. out, okay, take a step back, reassess where you're at. It, it's super important. I find that it's probably the most underrated thing right now, especially given what's been going I, on. It's ironic because I'm not a guy, I did not like going to school. I did not like to write. I really didn't see the purpose. I also was definitely a guy who did not see a purpose in reading a book. The only reason I ever read a book in school was because I was making money in high school off of it. I would sell French notes by doing that. <laughs> uh, I, went, I went to Loyola. Nobody at Loyola wants, nobody, nobody in English school wants to read French books four or five times a year and then have tests on it. So I was the kid who said, okay, opportunity. I'm going to make notes, uh, detailed, short notes on that book and then I'll sell it 10 bucks a pop and I would wait till I had a certain amount of students that wanted my my book to ensure I had a certain amount of capital raised by it for that specific book and then I would release it because back then you send it by email and then everybody just spreads it so then it was a uh, then if you only sell it to one person he spreads it we then you just lost so I would say once I collect my 300 I'll give it out <laughs> That's so as, long as, the as long as the community gives me $300 I don't really care who has it after Exactly. And what's funny is like, I, I, I used to hate reading too, man. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't see value in it until like, honestly, my last two years of high school where you start really reading into like, you know, we read 1984 George Orwell and like what's been going on now for me, it's like, I'm like, it's just the vision of that, that, that story, even though it was fiction is coming to fruition. I wasn't the type of guy that would sell notes. I would actually just copy notes <laughs> off the internet, write them as my own nerds. And it's all about working smart in that because it was because right? it was French, you know, because it's French, right? So the French thing is how do I one is not everybody was very literate in French, especially when we're in high school. Yeah, we haven't had as much practice. You know, me growing up speaking both languages, it was just made my life. It was just easy for me to do with that. So I just screw it. Ten bucks, you get your book. I don't have to read maybe a tenth of the. I have to put a tenth of the amount of effort, and you could bring the notes into your test. So it was like perfect. My notes are also my book. It's like, uh, you, you know, spark notes. I think that was, yeah, the exactly. Website. Back that then. was, yeah, exactly. yeah, that was the website that I think everybody was using as like book yeah. summaries instead of reading it, but it's crazy. Like, you know, fast forward to now, um, I think you and I have kind of adopted this whole like reading is like the best thing for the mind, which it is. Um, I I've taken it upon myself to read as many books as possible. Uh, in the last like year, I've set a goal of basically reading about 60 books this year. I'm already on like my 14th book. Uh, which is pretty good. Um, I'm slacking right now though, because it's a pretty heavy one. It's right here. Ray Dalio principles. Uh, highly, rec highly recommend that. It was very it's very heavy. You got to think a little bit, but it's good. Um, but I think the purpose. I, of I, 
Yeah, what were you going to yeah, say? I was just going to say, you can't go wrong ever reading Ray Dalio. No, exactly. Um, but I think what's interesting now is, like, we, we've reached a point uh, in the crisis, and we're still early. Like, this is, like, we're, we're still in, like, the first inning of, like, what is unfolding. But if a lot, people, if people, yeah, go finish, finish, finish. But I was just going to say, a lot has happened in the last two months that's made us realize, I think, one of two things. Uh, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I think what the fear that we had back in March uh, when we yeah. saw the VIX at 85, that was real fear. People thought this thing was going to kill everybody. It was going to wipe out a planet. I think fast forward to two months now, what we've seen is that, yes, this is a very contagious virus, uh, but it's not as deadly as most people thought. Um, it's deadly to a certain category of people. To, it, it, exactly. Like it, it's, it's the, the people who are older are obviously at higher risks. You know, the older, still, the sickly, the, the, the ones with asthma problems, respiratory, yeah, respiratory illnesses, anything along those lines. Like those are obviously still more vulnerable and we should still continue doing our part. But I think what we've seen the last two months in the world of you know, finance, economics, the whole world, everything that was supposed to be shifted, let's say, for five years has happened in a span of two months, right? Um, you know, there's no balance. There's no, I don't think there's balance right now in the way we're doing things because when people like the system is acting as, yes, I get it. There is a moral and ethical reason to go out and protect the people of our city because they came before us, they, they had their impact. But the thing is <clears throat> when you put yourself in so much, through so much health problems, let's say it is your fault. For example, if you're someone who, has caused your obesity, this and that. The system right now is literally bleeding itself to death in order to protect a select few that right now provide no economic input and are only draining tax dollars. So we're bleeding our tax system. We're sacrificing our, econ our economy right now that the later generation is going to have to really do a lot of work to fix that or fundamentally improve that. For a group of people who don't put who put zero economic value and have done a lot more but abusing the system. I care about the people. Of course, if I get sick, I want the system to care of me, but there has to be a balance in how much we use the system to our advantage and then versus how much we actually put into the system. Agreed. And uh, again, you know, pe people are important. I think it's the most important thing of, of course, of, empathy, of, uh, morality. Exactly. But to your point, like, the stimulus money that I think is being, we'll, we'll talk about sort of like what's happening macroeconomically first yeah. and then talk about like company specific, but what's happening in Canada and the U S right now um, is twofold. You've got stimulus money, which is not real money. Okay. This is money that doesn't, like you said, doesn't provide actual economic value of growth and productivity. Um, and the, amount of consequences that we're going to be faced with could be, they could last honestly two generations, if not more, because it becomes, it becomes our responsibility after as the lead follow-up generation to start implementing a plan, an actionable plan to start working that, that, that problem out. Yeah. We're the first generation. Yeah. And, and I, I have a feeling still that a lot of people our age have not fully woken up to that yet. I, I could be wrong, but I've just, I'm just realizing even just talking to people about the situation, they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. You know, they're kind of just waiting and hoping for something you know, to happen, right? So, so we're talking about the book, talking about, talking about the fact that we're reading, that there's more thought process. 
talking to people, you start to realize, one, financial literacy is in a massive problem. It's a scarcity right now. Because people are so incapable of understanding their place as an individual within an economic system, because when people say, oh, I hate the economy or I hate this, everything you do that requires a transaction, you want a service, you want to go somewhere, you want to eat, you want to live somewhere, no matter what the hell you do that involves a transaction with something else is part of the economy. You want to live, you want to eat, you want to, you want to do something, you want to work, you want to feed your kids, you want to go to the hospital. It is part of the economic system. It yep. requires a transaction in order to be a part of it. So if you deny the system, you are literally denying your part of it. You're, so you're, I think, you're I, I think you mean, yeah, I think what you also mean is your ability to acknowledge that, hey, yes, I've got to live my life to a certain degree such that at some point when I reach 50, I've got you know, a we have look, tag of some sorts. People, individuals, individuals, we are part of a three system social structure. One is the people. So the individual makes up the people, the individual makes up the economy, and the individual also makes up the government. In every aspect, the individual is reflected in that social structure. If you wish to be part of a society, you have to use in one shape or form, engage with those three structures. How you vote impacts how you're governed. Um, the people you engage with dictates your ability to be part of a culture, to be part of a voice. And then the economy is allows you to engage and transact within that system. You need them and you are part of it. You can't deny one over the other because you don't like it. It, It's ignorant to deny one. And, and, and I think that also ties back sort of, um, into history. Yes. Um, I actually, uh, like full disclaimer here, I've been on a binge watch. I don't watch Netflix, but when I do watch Netflix, it's usually documentaries about world events. YouTube. You would love, Dan, go on YouTube. YouTube, literally type you after whenever you want. Any person you can think of, any documentary, yeah. type it in YouTube, it's there. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, and that's the point of YouTube. But what I was saying is, there, I, I was watching a World War, there's World War II in color. Okay. Really, like, eye-opening to a point where like you didn't realize how much these people literally fought to their death without thinking about oh what am I going to eat today what am I going to do this you know and I look back at that time in history and I'm like hey this shaped the way our world is now this shaped the way um, politics is run this shaped the way how resources are distributed this shared the way how power and communication are being intertwined now do I think that um, we'll ever have a war like that again? Probably no. not. But we're in, we're entering a point now where it's called informational warfare, I think, right? Yeah. And this is the where, system, the systemic network of social, of the, the social network we have now. Exactly, and that's kind of driving people's behaviors, you know. And it's yeah, it's different. It is absolutely different. Like you, you were watching history, so you're seeing how how. An implementation or an idea back then took forever to really be integrated and shape itself. I mean, out. it took it took three days just to plan an attack. Look, 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 you look! Can't at do our that. History. You can't do that anymore. It's like they'll they'll look, see you right away. There's no look good. at the history. Look at the history of of our species. We have lived thousands and hundreds of thousands of years. We have evolved. Civilization has existed for thousands and thousands of years. But there's one thing throughout civilization, throughout humanity. There's there's plenty of patterns that dictate how we appear to be now breaking those patterns, okay? We're, we're, we're behaving differently. And there's a second thing we're not, we're not looking at is the fact that unlike any other point in history, we have a tool that is so fundamentally 
incredible. It's a game changer that we don't leverage properly. It's the social network. The ability to connect to one each other on a social network, to communicate, to voice our opinion, to hold people accountable can be done through the system. Even education. There's so many fundamental improvements we can make because of the social network, but yet we seem to want to hate on it. But the only way you're, the only reason you're hating on it is because it's a dark reflection of the people. If you become smart as a population, you shouldn't fear what a tool can do. The tool is a tool. What you do with it is how you act with it and how you engage with it is now on you, not the tool's fault. The gun, right? It's the same concept with a gun. If the gun, a gun's a powerful tool. If you use it to do bad, it is a bad weapon. If you use it to protect or use it to leverage it just to threat, whatever the case may be, whatever you do with it is up to you. Same thing with the social network. How we, the people as a society, choose to engage with the social network is what will determine the outcome of that after. Right. And, I, and again, I think it's also important. And this goes back to like 20 our, years. our previous discussion too, where it's like taking information and looking at it very objectively. Right. Um, but I think right now what we're seeing is again, industries are going to, they're, they're, they're shifting a lot faster than people thought. Uh, the tech, the tech giants have been planning this day for, for quite some time. I mean, they, they've been prepared. Their balance sheets are great. Uh, and this is the outcome they wanted. It just never, they, I don't think they ever thought this would be the trigger to that. Exactly. So, I mean, and it, it's just triggered this whole thing of, you know, the work of ho- the work at home economy, you know, yeah. and the fact that we're able to interact through social mediums right now gives yeah. people an opportunity to necessarily have a voice um, that they don't necessarily have otherwise. This to me personally is a double edged sword though. Right. And what do I mean by that? Um, well, the first part is, yes, you can use it to connect with people, um, you know, voice your opinion, speak your mind, speak your truth. You can get respected for that. You can, you know, post stuff, what we're doing, same thing. The other thing, too, is, is that there's that other dark side of it where it's like, hey, it's given somebody a voice to basically, you know, talk, for lack of a better word, talk shit behind your back, say it in front mm-hmm. of Facebook. And then the moment you see that person um, in the public. Um, it's like, oh, you don't even exist or like they're, they're, they're scared of you. So that's where it kind of becomes, I think, a little bit, we got to be careful with that. And that's kind of where the, the, that's kind of where the history aspect of World War II comes in where it's like, hey, back then it was like to your face, you know, through, through like, through weaponry, through this, through that. Now it's like, this is the new world. Communication, social tools can actually be used as social communication warfare. I think, I I think the... The educational system on what you're saying on that exactly. I think that the way we structure our educational system has to be more designed to help people understand how they engage as an individual within a a system. That needs to be primary focus of your of your of you growing up. How to communicate? How to do your maths? How to engage with other systems? You're not. We are not just an individual. If we forget the fact that we have a history as a humanity, that we're just sacrificing our entire future 100 years from now. We're not thinking long term. If you, people that say that they're sustainable, sustainability literally implies a continuity in a good way. If you cannot think beyond your own horizon and think about the following generation, the generation after that generation, and the, the 10th generation after us, then you are not yet sustainable in your mindset. Sustainability is about continuity. If you to be a continuity, a society that is continuous and only continues to get better, then you have to look beyond our horizon. By doing that implies that you have to understand your role within the society. 
if we as a society become smarter, we communicate better, and we engage and we govern ourselves much better, we can have that long-term outlook as one. And like you said, right, the social network, what people don't realize is the last 20 years of our development or connection to the social network is unlike any other point in history. We've had 20 years of that impact, whereas history has thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of development. No, and that's theory. That's hundreds of thousands of that's tens of thousands of years of history of a thousand years of theories in terms of psychology and stuff like that. And yet here we are 20 years in with technology that's never been seen before. And it's like, we don't understand how society can efficiently engage with it. I also, exactly. And I also think people just don't understand what to do with all this information. No, school yeah. needs to be better. A hundred percent agree with that. And I think that that is the thing, right? We, 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 we're, we, we've officially entered into a, a time period where data is more valuable than oil. Yes. Data like, is knowledge. Data is literally the equivalent to knowledge. Right. And, and it's become sort of, you know, it, the problem is it's, you can't touch it. It's, 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 it's basically non It's, it's not trans. Not, I mean, it's, it's not tangible. Um, it is transparent, non-transparent. That's another discussion, but um, you know, you, you can't, and it's the same thing. It goes back to Bitcoin too, where it's like, Hey, like this is a technology that nobody can touch. Of course, nobody, the masses are not going to adopt it yet, you know, but to your point, like, I agree, like the education system right now, um, there needs to be a complete restructuring of it. It, Ray it Dalio is, says it. it, it, it Ray Dalio, you name it. It's been a full, you know, even as I finished my bachelor's degree, I was just like, I am never going to use half of this stuff. Why the hell am I learning this? You know, like, I, why, why is this assess Like, why is this a necessity? Um, you know, like I, I was sitting in my class there and the teacher's talking about this. Here's the other thing. And if you're a teacher, please don't take this offensively, but I'm just going to say it. If you are teaching an entrepreneurship class and you've never opened a business, you've never, never taken a risk, a, you've never, taken, a risk, you've never um, taken any kind of, you know, jump to say, I'm making a million dollar investment in my company or a company of some sort. Why are you? You don't have financial literacy. You don't have financial, well, I, I mean- I'm sure most There's people at that, at that, at that level sort of do, cause they have to get a PhD or a master's, but I, yeah, I, but I, hold on, really hold on, hold on. I, I also think, and you're getting to my point, but I also think that we're also in a time now where you do not need a PhD to run a business. And no, I know this is, not. and I know that this has been talked about for, for many, for many, many times, but like now we've reached a point now where it's like the masters are like, Oh my goodness. Why is this person teaching me about entrepreneurship? I'm sorry if I offended anybody. That wasn't the point. The point I'm trying to make is the system is not taking in sort of the right approach to teaching our way of thinking to create a good economic value. I think, right? I think so. When we're looking at psychology, I think that when you look at the system, the educational system, I think that somehow it inherently assumes the system that as an individual, you know how to engage with the government, the people, and with the economy. It right. automatically assumes that you are born with an inherent knowledge on how to engage with a system that is not natural. It's man-made. If it is a man-made system, you should therefore teach at school how to engage with the three systems. Why is governance important? Why is economics important? Why is understanding your place within the people important? Those should be the fundamental teachings because as, if you understand how to engage with it, 
you become more productive with the system and the right. system then becomes more productive because each individual is more productive. Right. And that's not to say, okay, for example, if you're an arts person, that doesn't mean that because you're an artist, um, you should ignore that. Right. At the end of the day, the most successful artists on the planet understand how economics work. They understand the how is, businesses yeah. work. I don't think, I don't think the educational system, the way we invest in it, when their tax dollars should be a system that also goes out and says, well, yes, we're going to go teach arts. People can learn art on their own because it's a passion. They can use the social network to teach. Why am I paying tax dollars to a system? Okay. As a, as a, an economic in people for people to understand their economic importance. If I'm a, if I'm an individual and I'm making money and then I say, yeah, I'm paying taxes to a schooling system. That's going to go teach thousands of people how to do art. And then they provide no other economic input afterwards because they're doing a passion. Sure, if you can monetize it better, but most of you cannot properly monetize that. So why do we put, there's no balance in that. Why does input go in where there's no output? Yeah. That's not how economics works. Right. Focus on teaching fundamental building blocks that help monetize individuals and help improve the economic system and how to engage within the system. The mindset is important, that stuff. But to, do, to, to say, I'm going to go to university to learn art. Why? Go on Google. Go, go, just go on the internet. It'll teach you more than your teacher can ever teach you'll, you in a lifetime. You'll, you'll also avoid the, the, uh, the, the total amount of debt that you would probably pile into that. Just which just so doesn't make, it, it doesn't, just doesn't make sense. Make sense. It, it, turned into, it turned into the educational system, which is leveraged by the government. So tax dollars are involved here because they always get involved somehow decided, well, you know what? We're also going to have an economic objective where we want to make money. So even people that provide no economic output, we're going to monetize them, but you're hurting the economy by doing that. And you're hurting the, the, the tax people, the, the tax dollars by doing that. It makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. There's no balance in that. And we both have university degrees, right? I have an accounting full, degree and I full, freaking ate at school. <laughs> so, 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 so point taken. I mean, it, it, it just shows you how, um, and even now too, like schools are teaching online, you know, what's going to happen when, and I'll use the U S as an example because they've got all these, you know, Ivy league and massive colleges starting to realize that students are going to stay at home. They're going to learn on yep. the computer. What are they going to do with all those empty classrooms? Now it's becoming a, a, a political game where the deans and the, the people at these universities are saying, no, you need to come back to school because of what you just said, which is this, like the, the economic machine is pretty much been so dependent on these big educational institutions that they actually forget that that actually doesn't necessarily uh, have a significant benefit to most people who go through the system and then they go their entire lives and then they work a certain way and they just, they, 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 they have this one way of thinking. Right. And I find, I find like that, that is like literally taking away your ability to be yourself as an individual. Right. It's people, the system is, the system is doing a terrible job. It hasn't adapted to the new landscape of things. We no. still have an old mindset as a people. Our generation is still heavily impacted by the boomers. But the fact is the boomers were, did not grow up and did not develop their adulthood in a landscape of technology. Well, we they, also, they also didn't have these things back no, then. No, but that's, so, what, I mean, so that's exactly it, right? Yeah. So you growing up in a society where you didn't have the ability to tap into the social network, talk to people, connect to people, have access to information like we did, and work with so much technology that your mindset in a landscape 
that you did not grow up with, you're manipulating our mindset, and then you're telling us how to use a tool that you are not even half as good as us as using. Why, why are we listening to an old mindset and allowing that to impact our future? We've gotten too comfortable as a generation. We're born into technology that makes life, look, look at this, this is COVID, okay? What it has done to our, to our economy is crazy. But the fact is, you don't really feel it. Because not yet, what? at least. Not yet. I still have, because look, think of it. I'm still in my luxuries, right? I can still watch Netflix. I can still have a friend over. I can still, I can go still buy alcohol. I can still go buy uh, marijuana. I can still go buy food. Uh, I can still go for a walk. I can still have my dog. Life is still, I can still enjoy myself to an extent. I'm not as open and having parties or I might not have people over like crazy, but the point is, you're not, life is not as difficult as if it were 20 years ago when this had happened. If our parents, I agree. I agree. If our I mean, parents had experienced this 20 years ago without some to keep them home, it would have been 10 times worse. Well, because they wouldn't, um, I, I, I just, luxuries. I, I don't, I, luxuries. I, I agree. I mean, like, it's just like, you know, like I'm using my laptop right now. You're using your iPad. I'm like, these, these were not things back then. Like they never thought about this. There was probably a lot of books and stuff, but I mean, there was no way to actually stay connected. And there was the, no way to monetize our into the intellect back then through the social it, network. Exactly. And I find like, because you have access to this now, you as an individual should not have an excuse right now. Right. The, no. the, the excuse of like, oh, it's too hard to do is like saying, oh, I actually just don't have any goals or ambitions right now to do what I wanted to be doing. And, you know, I, I just, this is, this is the age right now where you can literally either, you know, start investing really early. You can start an <laughs> online business. You, this is, this is, this is the sickest time to be alive. Like this is the greatest time period, I think, to be alive and to be doing obviously what we're doing while at the same time acknowledging that hey we have as an individual and as citizens a duty to change somewhat part of the system right? i said i would so okay so because we're talking all about this and literally relates to what i'm doing right now the thing is people i don't people, mean to sound I, like a politician by the way no 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 no, just, no 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 but this is this is so what people don't understand is you people need to have a political voice people need to have an individualism voice have a voice for themselves, have a voice for your need for your government, have a voice for your need to interact with the system. Everything we're talking about, it's crazy. Because with this whole landscape, two weeks ago, I was thinking of writing a, a, a theme for us, okay? So for one of for a blog posts, which was all about the trends, okay? And that topic of trends led me down a rabbit hole where I then started thinking about new things, where I started talking about then how the fact that, well, our generations in itself is a theme. Okay. If generations are a theme, you can cycle generations. Then if you cycle generations, then you can also start cycling psychology because psychology cycles depending on the generation and the new variables that come into play. And then I start writing and then writing. And then I'm like, shit, I think I just, I could, I should just write a book because with the depth I'm going into, that's literally what I'm discussing. So then it led me down a theory. Okay. So basically the premise of the topic is, um, the optimization of a social structure okay so our system is made up of three social structures that are made up of the individual you have this you have the people you have the government and then you have the economy okay all three systems an all individual, three all three are key pillars exactly. that everybody needs to yeah. understand there's no i don't think there's any other social structure other than those three primary fundamental social structures okay within that social structure there are three key problems that we're facing now as a people which Literally every complaint, every discussion had falls under those these three premises. It's right. one is education, okay? Education. Two, it's governance. 
And then the third one is so education, governance, and communication. Those are the three problems we're facing. Because we can't communicate, nobody freaking understands each other. Which is which is linked back to economic activity. But continue, no, no, continue uh, linked to linked to economic activity, the synergy of the economy, the people, and the government. If yeah. the three systems don't work together, you have chaos in the system. Well, anarchy. You literally have Pos- chaos. Po- possible yes. anarchy. You, look, if if the individual as if we as an individual need the three systems, then we need to learn how to work within the three systems and how the three systems in itself need to synergize together. Communication allows for you to open dialogue, understand each other, make things clear and synergize. Okay. Education gives you the knowledge to understand your place within those three systems and then how to go in and create a voice, how to be part of your politics, how to monetize on the economy. Okay. So you have that, the education, and then you have governance. Governance is what allows us to stay aligned with our objective as an individual and aligned as a society. Well, you're talking about two different types of governance, right? That's like your internal. Well, no, 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 no. Governance versus go- so governance in general is how we govern ourselves right. and how we govern ourselves within a society. It's right, all right, right. part under the governance structure. Right. So you have education, communication, and governance. Those are the three problems we're literally facing, and every we don't know what the hell is happening because they can't talk to us. Communication. We don't like our leaders because we elect stupid people. That's governance. Like if you want to complain about something, it's that, Oh, you don't know what's going on in the economy. You don't understand the economy. That's education. You don't know how to voice yourself. That's education. Literally the three fundamental problems we're facing seems to be from those three. If you have other fundamental problems, fine, but they seem to overlap. And the, so then you look at that and you say, well, how can I fundamentally improve the three problems? I think the social network allows that. But it starts with, you can't just say, well, I'm going to start educating only and ignore the two. No, no. All three no, no, need to be got, simultaneously they, attacked. They got to be symbiotic, basically. Exactly. There's a synergy. A balance is required. So before we're talking about history, I started realizing, if you look at humanity, okay? So you look at humanity and you, you follow three premises. You have one, where do we come from? We come from evolution. So there's an evolutionary process, which is filled with patterns and needs for us to adapt. Whenever you ended up in a new landscape, you copy um, a behavior that allows you to survive and then your offsprings, you teach it or through multiple generations, your genes kind of demonstrate it. And then your body physically allows you to, to, to evolve to that landscape. So evolution shows patterns and a history for evolving and improvement. Then you have our psychology. Our psychology works on a function that we literally desire patterns and we think on pattern based. Think of people that do multiple choice exams. When you have AAA, what the hell's going through your brain on the fourth one? You're going, oh shit, is it really A or my brain just started thinking on its own? <laughs> or or you're, 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 you're going through your mock exam that you did as a practice. You see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you're, you're, in your, you're in your brain because it's happened to me. I've done multiple choice exams. You're there, you're AA, and then your head is going, am I just picking A because I think the teacher's creating a pattern or am I just in my head and it is like you don't know what to think anymore. But I, I think, I, right I think you should also be reading the question more and then figuring out if which one's no, right. no no but it messes with you because sometimes the teacher because I know I feel like an exam the teacher will do that on purpose to mess with you probably because our but, brain yeah. our brain is wired for pattern it seeks patterns it's right. why we fill in the gaps well, if somebody makes a mistake we automatically know what the mistake is because we understand the structure of what they're saying. There's a right. pattern recognition theory to our brain. Well, it's also, so, it's also cause we're habitual creatures. That's no, what it is. It, we're all, we're all, we're all designed, creatures of, ha- we're, we're creatures of habit. Exactly. But that's yeah. based off of what our need for patterns in our brain habits. There's a reason why they become a habit and it becomes part of our cycle. It's a pattern. Yeah. Humans are developed on the theme of pattern. So then when you look at evolution, you look at our psychology and then you say, well, what encompasses those two subjects? 
history. Yeah. History is literally the encompassment of our evolution as a people and our psychology in terms of how we did things the way we did things throughout history. So history is the encompassing theme of humanity. So when you look at all those things, you find so many examples of things that show us that we evolve, we get better, we get better. For the first time in history, I think that we've gotten so comfortable because of technology and we have no external variables that are kind that of are, pushing that are kind of pushing, that are pushing us. us to drive and be yeah. ambitious because well what the hell i can have a barbecue i can have a drink i can have a smoke i can go for walks i can have for dogs no one's going to kill me it's relatively a safe world there's not going to be a war with the amount of money we spend on, on, on an old mindset that we're going to go battling out we need the best of the best guns and this and that honestly if our generation as a whole came together and we said you know what fuck you guys we're the next we're the next leaders of the apex species because we make up a massive portion of the economy now we have a massive voice we have a tool that the boomers can barely even use well they we have well, the, we don't want to discredit them i feel like the most no, 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 no. <laughs> but but you know what i'm saying is me right. and you i are we we're 20 let's say we're 25 years old and you how to you you know how to use the entire you know how to code you know how to use computers you know how to do everything you're doing on the phone when you're going to be 50 years old compared to an adult that's 50 years old with his understanding of technology is not even on par completely out of our league right right that's it but that, but that, the knowledge that's, of compounding exactly but that's a, that's that, that's a given so i think again you, exactly but my so my point is basically this if this was a game okay if this was a game and i was looking at the board because life is basically a game it's just the only thing difference is that unlike life most games actually have an end life there's no actual end if you look in terms of history it's infinite there's always a continuity to it right. but if you were a game master and you were looking at my pieces and i was looking at life's pieces of what it's challenging us i would literally say right now i think that our generation as millennials have the ability to actually make a stance right now and say i'm getting aggressive i'm going to make a stance i'm going to start making a difference in the world because we have the ability to do it and we have the impactfulness because of the size to do something different now. I, I, I would I would maybe not say the word aggressive, but I would say but it's, it's it, aggressive it's, in a game mode. It's a game oh, mode is I'm taking a stance. You're you're taking a risk, right? You're putting yourself I'm out moving, there. Exactly. So before yeah. I was defensive, defensive. I'm told what to do as a generation. They're telling me how to learn. They're telling me how to work. This and that. They're right. telling me what to do in my life. But now everything is in my favor to say, well, you know what? I'm going to take a risk because. Everything on the board seems to be in place for me to be able to say, no, we're going to do things differently now. We're still going to take the lessons you taught us and your history and the ones before, but we're going to do things a little different because the tools we have now are not the tools you had when you were 20 years old. Right. When you became leaders. You I, didn't have those tools. I, I'm, I'm almost, I, I would say, I think, you know, I, I love the contrarian mindset. Um, because what this does is this provides sort of a discussion that, and I, I, I gotta be careful how I say this, but when you put somebody in a slightly uncomfortable situation, it gets them to think a little bit, you know, and to your point, when you, when you sit back, you know, you got your barbecue, you got your TV, you got whatever, you know, you're, you're calm, you're, you're comfortable, you know, when you get too comfortable, um, yeah. You feel no external pressure. You, you, you don't feel that pressure. You're just like, everything's fine. And God forbid something happens to you. The moment that gets taken away, you, you were not ready for that. You don't know how to react no. to that. So it always pays to think a little bit contrarian than what most people are doing, I think. And when you do that, um, you're able to see through sort of, you know, what's actually happening, 
what you think should be happening. I might not necessarily be right in what I'm saying, but I think that when you're able to kind of take a step back, maybe think differently than most people, um, you're going to get a lot of criticism, guaranteed. Um, you're going to get a lot of hate probably. But at the same time, you got to ask yourself, it's like, why? Like, those people are not necessarily hating on my ideas because of what I'm saying. They're hating on it because it, it is it refl- it's a reflection. Of, it's a reflection of the dark side. It's yeah. no, no, not necessarily. Well, but I, I was gonna say, like it, it, it's challenging a certain way of thinking that they've been comfortable with, right? And again, this is the time period now where again all these advancements are happening so quickly that you know people are more likely to kind of take a step back. And I find the ones that are gonna take the most risks right now, the ones that are gonna go out there and like you know, try and be a disruptor, they're probably going to be a little bit more ahead uh, than the rest of the pack of like this millennial generation. I don't know. I don't know if you agree with that or not. I think I, I 100% agree with you. I think that the words of Gary Vee, when he says the social network is a massive tool and the fact that branding is so key is true now because people want to hear their voices. People want to see their face and people want to understand what they're listening to. That's brand at the end of the day. All these, I, I, social, the social network will create so many more key figures and personalities in our world today because of that. I, I do agree with what you said. It, it, and it, you know, it's, it's honestly, it might be a hard truth to swallow look, for some if, people. Think of but it. If you I, took away, if you took away TikTok for a lot of people on oh, their, uh, forget it. So what would you do at home? If you took yeah. away TikTok, if you took away your ability to drink, what would you do? Although you, I, like, I, don't, I don't have TikTok, but that's another. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many people that are indulged with little things that if they didn't have that, they would have no more intellectual purpose to themselves. Right. Well, it's called, people it's, don't seek an intellectual purpose anymore. Right. Right. And I find, again, I think this is just sort of the questions that a lot of people our age you start asking it's like you know what who who am i going to be as an individual am i going to be when when the world when when the year 2040 is around the block and i think bitcoin is going to be mainstream by then but when that time comes like i I, am i are you and i going to look back on the the last 20 years and say we did i will have no regret exactly you know i will have no regret they don't teach that in school, man. I will have no regret. Dan, what we did in two months, we started a podcast, okay? Within two weeks, I'm practically, I'm practically done a 20 to 25,000 book, which by the way, I want to I want, check this out. Tell me if you like the title or not, okay? So this is my thought. I mean, this is my thinking of my title. You're, you're sharing it with the world right now. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check. <laughs> this is my title name, okay? Anybody yeah. can copy it, but I don't really care because it's not going to have as much depth as me, I believe. It's all about nobody, execution. It doesn't matter if someone copies yeah. it. So, and I'm doing it really fast. There you go, so I'm, man. I'm putting 1,000 or 2,000 words a day. I'm restructuring, restructuring, restructuring. So check. This is the name of my title. I'm going with The Intelligent Millennial. So I'm playing on the twist of The Intelligent Investor, but the fact that as a generation, we also need to become intelligent. So the play, the word is The Intelligent Millennial, uh, a re- I, I'm going with the premise of so on. These are the other titles, the secondary titles I have to. Just make sure, make sure you give Warren Buffett a copy when you when you publish it. Please. No, it's it's Benjamin Graham. No, no, I know, I know, but like I'm just saying, just give oh, Warren Buffett I, a copy. The thing is, in, <laughs> oh, but my plan is, as soon as it's done, I'm sending it out to every leader and every billionaire in this world. I love it. Every hedge fund. I'm going to send it out to their personal homes. This is my CV. You want to understand how I think as a gen- as a millennial? You want me? You want to understand how I have an understanding of structural formations and how to optimize structures? This is my CV. 
So the premise of it is, so this is a manifesto though, primarily as a book. So it's more about my theories, my ideas, my thought process. Uh, where the hell is my social strut on my page? Oh, here it is. So these are the multiple little secondary. So I have the intelligent millennial. Then I have how to play the infinite game because life is an endless game. So yeah. you either you need to know how to, even though your life itself is finite, humanity's life is infinite. Right. As long as, long as our species continues to exist parallel to, to our timeline, we, are a, we have an infinite timeline. Uh, how, uh, how should we adapt our strategy as a generation? Uh, systemic optimization of the social structures, and then implementing about how this is post-COVID-19 landscape. We're the new leaders to the apex species. So stuff like that. Let's, uh, let, we, I think we, 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 we talked about a lot of things that I, I think our listeners are really going to start thinking about now because it, it is, this, these are questions, these are themes that I think everybody needs to be thinking about. We can't just sit back and, and just hope that for the best that something happens. Do you want to um, hear some of the questions? What, uh, yeah, like what's one big question that you could share so check. In, with, in, with the in listeners? The, so in my and book, that, I literally that, have a page where what I do is I literally write out fundamental questions, a significant amount, like a page and a half of just fundamental questions that if I was sitting at a table with Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett, with uh, with uh, Aristotle, Plato, with our government leaders, anybody, any any people that are leaders in this world right now, these are the questions I would have for you, okay, as a generation, because yeah. I, I want to learn. If I need to learn, I have fundamental questions for you. And these are some of the questions. So some of the questions are, uh, no, it's not this page. And then we'll talk about uh, sort of the finance and stock investing. Inner, my inner dialogue. So check. So some of the questions I have are things like this. Boom, boom, boom. Objectivity. Questions, none. Okay, perfect. So, is there a disconnect with the three social structures, the people, the government? Are there fundamental social structures that, uh, no, sorry, ignore that one. Uh, is our current system sustainable looking ahead with all the chaos we have? Will it improve? If so, how? Uh, what are some of the fundamental weaknesses we should focus on as a collective system? Um, how do you, we fundamentally improve collaboration between the social uh, structures? Um, can history provide proof in its own storyline to support the power of collaboration in nature and human possibilities? Is limiting the leadership time frame of a governing structure necessary? Assume we obtain a more aligned government. If the leader is doing right by us, can we not allow him to remain in the position? Uh, why did boomers stop evolving? Uh, is our governing structure accountable enough for the people and the long-term needs of society? Uh, is there a better tomorrow? Would you bet on, like if, imagine if I said to you, Dan, here's a million dollars, okay? Based on how you know our generation as, as it is of today, this point in time. If I said to you in 20 years from now, do you think that our generation, based on how we currently are, not what we can become, would you say I would be willing to bet a million dollars that in 20 years from now, we will, do, we will be able to inherit all these problems and do better with it? Wow, that's a, that's a really deep question. I think but that's what I asked. These are right. things I'm asking. Here, here's what I think. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert in this, but what just basically understanding the world, because that's what it is. It's all about understanding the world. Um, I think from an economic standpoint, we are going to be far better. That's not even, that's not let me finish my thought here. So I think from an economic standpoint, we're going to be far better. Um, there's going to be new technologies that adapt and we're going to be, it's going to be like for like what's happening now is forced adoption to new ideas and stuff. 
Yes. Will the problems change? I think that's a very, I, I, I can't answer that particular question because I'm not an expert, you know, in a field. Here's a of question like, to your, so this is a question to you. Which, so you said right now, you do believe the economic landscape itself will evolve, will be better. I think in the next 20 to 40 years, the economic landscape yeah. is going to be but here, incredible. But here's, the question, but here's the question to you. How can a landscape in itself become better if the people are made up of a generation of leaders who don't know how to engage with the landscape? And then they themselves don't know how to better structurally improve their governing system and their, and their engagement as a people. If the other two structures are weak, the disconnect between the, the, the economy and the other systems will only continue to grow. Right. So, so, so my premise is just based on that, you're basically saying that the economics in 20 to 40 years are not going to be as good. I just I think, think it's, I think it's just going to be really different. No, I think it's going to be different. But the thing is, because the thing is this, if you require the people to understand how they're engaging with the economy to make the economy fundamentally stronger and better, like right. Ray Dalio, the other say that the other dad said, we need to adapt capitalism, not Remove not, not remove it. I, I, I but, fully agree with that statement. But adaptation requires what? An understanding, understanding. of how to engage with it and right. educating yourself. But right. if we're not, if right now we're not educated enough to engage with it and we don't understand our place within it because education doesn't teach that, I don't believe that there will be a fundamental improvement because our generation is not ready to take over. Look at the problem with the debt. Do you really think that you can name one millennial that really truly knows how to handle that debt problem? Imagine being... One day, Dan, I, think of it this I, way. I, I, don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think anybody knows how to handle that. No, but honest. that's my point. We, it, then it becomes the boomer's responsibility to say, well, shit, I want to look out for humanity. Let me start engaging with millennials who are the next group because we're, the next, we're, the, we're basically the next uh, largest group of uh, generation after the boomers. Right. So chances are... Sorry, Gen, sorry, Gen X. <laughs> yeah. So statistically speaking, we're most likely to become government leaders one day, we're more likely to become CEOs and management of, of the significant corporations one day because we're the major body of, of, uh, of our species taken over from the boomers. So if you take that into account, hell, there's almost nobody I can name you that would be able, that I see in terms of character, that one day could become CEOs and leaders because so many people are not capable of that responsibility because they don't, they don't, they don't even care to go out and learn that stuff. There's very few people. But the economic landscape is so significant. Right. But uh, I mean, our like, ambition is smaller compared to the older guys, way smaller. And because of that, imagine having the burden as, as a generation to say, shit, I have to take over a, a system that has massive tax problems, that has a shitload of unhealthy people. You have a COVID destroying us, supply chain problems. You have so much mass debt, people that don't know how to learn uh, about the economy. There's so many problems. That as a generational, like as a generation like us who are about to inherit that problem, there's a lot of issues that we need to work around. Right, and I think it comes back to one fundamental principle, uh, and again, it goes back to education: um, is to identify at a young age, yeah. with you know the help of the education system, what what do you want to be as an individual? You know, there shouldn't be there 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 used to be a time where it was like, hey, like you know. A teacher would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they'd be like, oh, I want to be a space, I want to be a, an astronaut. I want to be the president of the United States. And like, they'd say like, you could never do that. You know, in a way you kind of need that adversity because that fuels the inside of somebody very, very difficult. But I find that there's like, just because somebody has an idea of wanting to become something that the masses don't necessarily agree with, 
um, that people should not suppress that. You should say, okay, why do you want to do this? You should start, at, and to your point, you should start asking more questions. And I find that when you, we're, hold on, when we're in a society right now, it's like, you shouldn't, they're, I, they're, they're telling us like, maybe don't ask those specific questions. It's not the right thing to ask. And I'm like, what? It is the right thing to ask. I'm curious as an individual right now to figure out why somebody wants to be a certain thing or like, why is the world like this? Like, these are just questions to your point. Like, yeah, those are fundamental questions that you should have. And we should keep them very open-ended. Um, anyway, interesting discussion that we're going on. I, I didn't think we would talk about, you know, uh, human activity, uh, maybe tied into some politics and governance, but um, it, it, it's an important theme that I think everybody needs to fundamentally understand. What, who you vote for, we don't care about that. You're okay. You're, you draw your own conclusions. I'm at, an, at an individual level, we don't care. But as a people, when you elect someone who doesn't actually understand what they're doing, it hurts us as a people. That is true. That is so true. So you cannot, you cannot ignore the decisions the people as a whole make. You cannot. It fundamentally does not make sense to just ignore it. Everyone has a right to their opinion. But when it comes to acting out those opinions, it now impacts everybody. Right. Because opinions it drive decisions, right? It impacts everybody. If you want to vote for a, uh, if you want to vote for an artist to become the president of the United States, by all means, you have the right to have that desire. But understand the consequence. He has no understanding of governance. He has no understanding of leadership. He has no understanding of the economy. And the economy is literally the transactional means for entire system. If he doesn't understand this, these things, how does he make a fundamental decision on 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 something when he doesn't even know the impact of everything he's doing? He, he's ignorant. You don't want ignorant leaders. It just leads to, it just trickles down after. Right. I think it, you know, the economy, they, they got to understand the economy, but anyway, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about no, no, political you can relate, here, but Dan, you can, you can relate it to, you can relate it to uh, the economy. When we, when we hire leader uh, CEOs and managers, what do we expect of them? To, to grow and empower the individuals of the company, right? You want them to be responsible to their stakeholders. Yes. Sure, yes. Yes, the stakeholders. Everything that involves that that's interact that interacts with that business, you want them to be fine. When you have a shareholder, I, that's what's the purpose of corporate governance. It's to say, here I am as a CEO. My mind is aligned with my shareholders, and I will do right by them and their stakeholders. And then that's the purpose of a board of directors to ensure that alignment. But the government doesn't have that system. The government it's it's a it's more like a high school political uh, thing. You elect right. someone, but there's no alignment. There's no alignment between the stakeholders of the society and the government system. I guess alignment. I guess just that that's that's just how that the, pop, the political game is is unfortunately the, the it's the yeah, dark side point, of politics. But my point is the future of it. You can be, look at the economic landscape. When something bad happens, the shareholders and the economy forces a change in it because it's not good for the economy when that occurs right. so why do we not replicate that into another system and say well we don't like that that's how it is let's make it different we're the stakeholders our voice and through social media and through social network ability leveraging it we now have the ability to say no that's not how we do things that's not how we talk to people if there's a problem engage with the people so we know what the hell's going on ask ask questions right you gotta ask, ask questions, questions. But that's my point is there's this, the economy, there's, there's every structure has a pattern that's similar. We expect corporate governance of our companies. We expect CEOs that are aligned with the shareholders and we expect CEOs that have ambition and that have an education within, in terms of their experience and that know what they're doing. You have to replicate that structure 
in the other structure. Not to say that the economy has flaws. Of course it does. But there's a trait to it that is fundamentally more fundamentally better off for us than in the other system, in the other structure. It, again, it's just... This, these are these are questions that I think everybody needs to be asking right now, and not just not just fall into like that pit of like oh I'll just accept what what's happening. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up though real quickly. Um, let's talk about sort of the financial side of this because I know that we we love investing right now. Um, I I've been seeing a lot of trends. I mean, in the last you know month and a half, we've seen one sector that's really just taken off like crazy uh and that's healthcare uh healthcare is subcategory of technology exactly and i find that those are going to be working simultaneously now together the question now becomes okay what happens to energy right so with all these sort of discussions that we just had with asking questions how is that going to form policies that, you know, as an investor, you could look at it as opportunity and say, okay, this is where the next trend is. I think it's obvious tech and healthcare are probably going to be the best investments right now. Just based on what we're talking about, just tech, if you buy a tech company right now on the stock market, you will probably double your money. Long. Like, long. You have to just play long. Just play long technology. Yeah. It's a fundamental infrastructure to a society. Yeah. If you need your phone and everyone still engages with Facebook and everybody will in five years from now, Facebook has a place. Yeah. So there's a fundamental need for that, for the system. It's a utility now. These are yeah. all utilities. I mean, this is, this is just the world we live in. So again, it's good that we're talking about this because when you wrap it up from our discussion that we just had a little debate, cause that's, I feel like that's what it was. Um, yeah. I mean like these themes are all going to encompass into the growth of these industries. Yeah. And I think as you know, millennial investors uh, and independent thinkers um this is a great time to start looking at some of these companies to to uh, to add on to your telehealth okay so the idea for telemedicine okay the purpose is this is when you look at the when you look at the uh, when you look at well the country for example when you look at our healthcare system we see a very inefficient system that currently exists because it's run by the government it's very inefficient still very old it's still very heavily draining our tax dollars so the theme you start seeing from an economic perspective and as an investor when it comes to telehealth is, well, can you somehow start privatizing and then giving more the public sector the power to better the healthcare system where we don't waste as much money, where we can leverage social networking because we can communicate easier with our doctors. We can do more tests from home because of our tools we have through it. Can we now fundamentally allow better financial governance when it comes to our healthcare system where we don't drain as much tax dollars which means less money is wasted and we could fundamentally improve our healthcare system because it's more accessible it's easier to access and it just runs smoother so the theme is well this massive industry that drains billions of dollars could now transition over into companies who can now better take advantage of that industry and do better by it so telehealth has a huge has a huge storyline and fundamental uh, theme to it that is very interesting as an investor because you need healthcare forever. Humanity, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an alignment. With, it's, it's an alignment with humanity, absolutely. You need it. You need it part of the system. I'm with you, man. I mean, it's, it, again, interesting times right now to just figure out, okay, what, what are the next 20 years going to look like? 
And I think these are questions that people should start asking themselves, you know? Yeah, it's important to live day by day, do what you got to do, do what you got to do. But, um, you know, I, I would almost think it's, you know, you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to your own future generation if you're not thinking that far ahead, you know? So... Yeah, I think I think when people the, the the theme of asking people questions in general, people need to understand that just asking only a question when never trying to somehow dig into it and try to solve it yourself, whether you're right or wrong is not the point. It's the fact that when you have a question like that, a fundamental question that that intrigues your mind, go out and try to find an answer. Dig, but don't dig in a sense where your your point of view is what's leading your your uh, your your research. It's how can I be as objective as possible entering this topic to let the information itself lead my direction in my train of thought? Because if you, let's say, for example, I have a fundamental question and I, I stand by it with a very strong opinion. And then I go and I meet a Ray Dalio and he starts telling me things about the economy. And I say, no, that's wrong. Well, what the hell? Why? Why would I come in with a, a standing point saying you're wrong when he understands that landscape? He conquered it. Yeah. He conquered it. I'm going to sit at the table. I'm going to ask you the question. I may have a thought about it, but his voice and his opinion on it should heavily impact your train of thoughts because he understands that structure. And uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it just, you, you, it goes, you, you go to the source. I mean, if we could ever meet Ray Dalio, that would be amazing. That's, that, that that's, is my, that's my, that's my attention. <laughs> that, that, that is the dream. I mean, the guy's a legend on wall street and just that a good, good, good thinker, uh, that I think, you know, a lot of people should look up to. Uh, one last thing is, I guess, going into the, the second half of the year, what, what should, what should millennial investors or millennial thinkers be really paying attention to going into the second half of the year? I'll give one and you give one after. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So I think the number one thing should be Learn some patience. Learn to just observe how things develop in the landscape. And then that in itself kind of helps you relax your psychology. So you're less likely to make moves that just don't make fundamental sense. Right. Just learn to observe things. There's, there's a process to stuff. Just worst case scenario, you don't make a little extra money, but you'll still make money. Just be patient. Honestly, learn to sit back, think, develop ideas, develop a thesis, develop a theory, and then try to somehow implement it or try to work it. Or Yeah, just find, find the answer to that. You might not find the answer. You might not find the answer this week. You might not find the answer this year, but as long as you keep stick to it. Yeah, I agree with that. Just patience. Honestly, as an investor, we've learned our lessons when sometimes something happens and you make a, a a decision just because well screw it i don't want to i i fear just waiting i just rather do it now but then again making a decision quick sometimes also helps you because if you have a bad investment let's say you're holding airline and then all of a sudden you see this happening of course letting go of it was the right move yeah let go liquidate you right. made the right move you made the, you made the right decision in that moment but that's when education will come into play and yeah, I that, think that's probably uh, well. That's 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 like the golden rule of investing. Exactly. Investment is down fifteen percent. Like just get out. Don't even don't even think about it. Um, I think the thing that I would say that most people our age should again continue to find is just like what is your what is your purpose, yep. right? Like, and 
I don't know why, but for some reason, like, there's a group of people that, like, when you ask that question, they're just like, oh, you're only looking out for yourself. You're selfish or this, that, that. I'm like, well, hold on. Is it selfish that I'm trying to better myself as an individual to help society? Or is it, or is it selfish that, you know, you as an individual are telling somebody that's selfish for trying to better themselves? That's um, the alignment part I was talking about. Exactly. And it's just like, you know what, man, like screw what other people think, you know, but those people, but it, it harms us to let people it, think that way. It, 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 it harms us because they're not, they don't understand their place within society and they right. engage with us. Right. And then, and then you kind of get sucked into that group where it's just like, Oh, I'm, I'm too scared to kind of think differently. I'm just going to be like the rest of them. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Like that, that is honestly for me personally, that is the worst thing that you could do for yourself. Um, I think the best thing that you can do is figure out what you really want, write it down. Like I write that shit down like 10 times a day because I know what I want. Um, I'm going to get hate for it probably, but the fact that you're getting hate for something means that you're one step closer to adding additional value to, to, to society. I think, I think people should not, uh, when you, when you develop a purpose in your mind, you should also not be afraid to allow your a purpose to evolve. I did not three before this happened, before this, before we started this podcast, I did not see where I myself, where I am now, where I see myself five years from now is completely different than where I saw myself five years, five months ago. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's, that's the point, right? My, so as long as you have purpose that purpose, evolve. keep your mind open to your landscapes, to 100%. your environments, to your, what impacts you evolve with the process and allow your purpose to evolve with you. Yeah. And you'll probably see a better alignment of it. And you'll probably see a better purpose behind your objectives. 100%. Well, that was good. I mean, I think we, that was a lot of juice for, for an hour. <laughs> little debate, discussion about just sort of the thought process right now. Uh, big shout out to all the frontline workers. I mean, you guys are really the heroes in all this. Um, I'm not going to, you know, like we, we would, we would not, Basically, the curve would not be flattening if it wasn't for these guys. So just want to give a big shout-out to everybody who, who's on the front line uh, these last two months. You guys are the real heroes. Uh, Nick, any last words? Guys, make the best of this situation. That's all. There's uh, not much else we can do anyway. <laughs> plain, plain and simple, man. Short and sweet. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Pod. Uh, newgenmindset.com is our website as well. Again, if you want we're working on the YouTube channel. It's coming. Don't worry. If you guys um, want access to uh, our distributions, just go on the website, newgenmindset.com, and you'll go to the the front page will be the our podcast, and you'll be able to distribute out to Google, Apple, or Spotify. And that's it. Have a great uh, long weekend, everybody. Warren Buffett sold banks. Crazy. Yep. Well, that'll be another talk. That'll be another discussion. But um, yeah, no, guys, thanks so much. Uh, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Ciao, guys.